Bible, open with me to the book of James, chapter number 1, verse number 19. James, chapter number 1, verse number 19. I began preaching in the book of James a while back, but the Lord began to give me a number of messages to preach, and I still have some written on notes on my desk, but um, James, chapter number 1, verse number 19 I would like to read through verse number 27 through the end of the chapter. We'll continue in the book of James this morning. Let's pray first. Heavenly Father, I ask for your help this morning. I am dependent on the Holy Spirit. Lord, would you use the word of God to speak to all of our hearts and make us to be what you would have us to, that you might receive glory in the church. Lord, if there's anybody here today that's not saved, deal with their heart. Bring them to you that they might be saved. And Lord Jesus, I pray that you'll just receive glory in everything. In Jesus' name, amen. James chapter 1, verse 19 through verse number 27. Wherefore, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. For the wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God. Wherefore, lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness, and receive with meekness the engrafted word which is able to save your souls. But be ye doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. For if any be a hearer of the word, and not a doer, he is like unto a man, beholding his natural face in a glass. For he beholdeth himself, and goeth his way, and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he was. But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty, and continueth therein, he being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deed. If any man among you seem to be religious, and bridleth not his tongue, but deceiveth his own heart, this man's religion is vain. Pure religion and undefiled before God and the Father is this, to visit the fatherless and widows in their affliction, and to keep himself unspotted from the world. When I become the pastor, God moved on my heart very quickly to, to start preaching on Wednesday nights out of the book of 1 John. And then the Lord began to deal with my heart on Sundays uh, about bringing um, messages from the book of James. And, and 1 John, oh, it's just amazing by the Holy Ghost. I, I'm just so amazed how the Apostle John, he wrote um, such a soft, kind, gentle letter. And at the same time, he, he, he's very strong in the doctrine of God. But then we have James, who is, who is um, equally a servant of God, but, but just um, very different. And James, when he speaks, is very sharp. And, and um, I don't know how you feel when you read the book of James, but when I read the book of James, I feel like it cuts me this way, and then it cuts me that way. And when you get through the book of James and you're like, well... I got through there and God really worked on me. And you go back and read it again and he'll cut you again. Amen. And, and, and sure enough, it's, it's a very powerful book that digs deep into our heart. And that's what God wants in my life and in your life is to dig into our heart and, and to change us. As the Bible said in the book of Philippians, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. That's not telling you and I to work for our salvation. We've been saved by the grace of God. There's nothing I can do to be saved. There's nothing you can do to be saved. But inside of us, there is a war between the flesh and the spirit. And by us, I'm referring to those who are born again. 
And, and one of those is going to win and one of those is going to lose. And, and there are those who have been born again who yield themselves to the flesh. And they disregard the word, they disregard the Holy Spirit and ultimately the will of God. And although they're saved, although they'll go to heaven, um, they do not accomplish the will of God in their life. But the, the challenge given to us by the word of God is to allow God to work in our hearts and lives. Amen. And so we'll go back into verse number 19 and we'll just look through these verses this morning. Wherefore, and so um, I heard in Bible college, what's the wherefore therefore? Amen. And so if you, if you go back up into verse number 18, um, of his own will begat he us with the word of truth that we should be a kind of first fruits of, of his creatures. And so very simply put, God saved us to bring him glory. Amen. That he might work in our life, that we might be a testimony, that we might represent him. And so, so James picks up there. And in all the context before was telling us, you know, how to be a servant, how to serve God, how to have wisdom, not to yield to the flesh, not to yield to sin, not to misunderstand God. And then he says that God saved us of his own will, begat he us. And so that word begat means that to be born of. And so those who are saved are born of God. Amen. And so of his own will, begat he us with the word of truth. So verse number 19, wherefore... For this purpose, for this reason, my beloved brethren. So he's talking to those of us who are born again, those of us who are saved. Wherefore, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. What I find interesting right here is that James said every man. Because it is very rare, it is very rare among man to have the nature whereby nature that we are swift to hear, or that where we are here, as it says here, swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. But actually the nature of man is the exact opposite. Amen? And, and so they're swift to respond, swift to wrath, and, and slow to hear. But God tells us that we should be the exact opposite. Wherefore, my beloved brethren, so this is, this is the message from James to all of us, to me, you, all of us. Wherefore, my beloved brethren, let every man, so this is the will of God for all of us, um, be swift to hear. And, and so when we're swift to hear, that's where we can gather uh, the correct truth, the knowledge, and the information. It's slow to speak. The Bible tells us in the multitude of words, there wanteth not sin. That word wanteth, as our Bible was translated 400 years ago, that word wanteth in that context means to lack. And so in the multitude of words, there is no lack of sin. And so that's why the Bible tells us to be swift to hear and slow to speak. But then it says slow to wrath, but the thought doesn't end there. It carries into the next verse. For the wrath of God, or the wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God. And so God tells us in the scriptures, if you'll look with me in the book of Galatians, chapter number five, Galatians chapter number five, and we'll, we'll start reading in um, verse number 16, and we'll read through verse number 26. This I say then, walk in the spirit and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Again, written to save people. There's a war that rages inside. God tells us to yield to the Holy Spirit and to not yield to the flesh. 
This I say, then walk in the Spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. We cannot walk in the Spirit and the flesh at the same time. Now, we can be walking in the Spirit, and in an instant we can change and go into the flesh. But we cannot be walking in both at the same time. Okay, so this I say then, walk in the spirit and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusteth against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary the one to the other so that ye cannot do the things that you would. So right there, the word of God tells us the flesh and the spirit are fighting against each other. And that is in every born-again believer. There, there's nobody who's saved who's just got this thing beat down and, and you never struggle with it. If you're saved, then, then it's a constant war that rages. And so that's why the Apostle Paul said, I die daily. This is something that must be crucified every morning and throughout the day. Amen? And, and so, but if you be led of the Spirit, ye are not under the law. Now, verse number 19, now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these, adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envyings, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and such like, of the which I tell you before, as I have also told you in time past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Now, this is not talking, this verse is not referring to a person who is saved who yields to those things. But it's talking about lost people who live in those things. And so God is telling us not to have any part with that. Not to allow that into our life, not to follow that route. But then he, he, he says the contrary in verse number 22 the, of the way that we should go. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. And they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections and lusts. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. And so, so living in the Spirit is referring to being born again. We, we are alive in the Spirit. But the, now the Bible tells us to, to walk in that way. Just like in the book of Ephesians chapter 5. Paul says to walk as children of light. And, and so then it says, let us not be desirous of vainglory, provoking one another, envying one another. And so when the word of God says, for the wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God. Galatians chapter 5 told us that the wrath of man is a work of the flesh. And so I'm not supposed to allow that into my heart and life. Neither are you supposed to allow that into your heart and life. The Bible tells us vengeance is mine. I will repay. Saith who? Saith the Lord. And, and so the Bible tells us in the book of Romans. Well, we'll just flip over there into Romans chapter number 12. Romans chapter number 12. And we'll just start in verse number 9 and, and, and read exactly how the believer is supposed to be. Let love be without dissimulation. So that word dissimulation means hypocrisy. Let our love be without hypocrisy. Abhor that which is evil, cleave to that which is good. Be kindly affectioned one to another with brotherly love in honor preferring one another. 
Not slothful in business, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord, rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, continuing instant in prayer, distributing to the necessity of the saints given to hospitality. Bless them which persecute you. Bless and curse not. Rejoice with them that do rejoice and weep with them that weep. Be of the same mind one to another. Mind not high things, but condescend to men of low estate. Be not wise in your own conceits. And here we go, verse 17. Recompense to no man evil for evil. Provide things honest in the sight of all men. If it be possible, as much as lieth in you, live peaceably with all men. Dearly beloved, avenge not yourselves of evil, or avenge not yourselves, but rather give place unto wrath. For it is written, vengeance is mine, I will repay, saith the Lord. Therefore, if thine enemy hunger, feed him. If he thirst, give him drink. For in so doing, thou shalt heap coals of fire on his head. Be not overcome of evil, but overcome evil with good. Now, I'm, I, I'm a human, and you are too, and I would say that that's like sandpaper. Amen? That's like sandpaper against our flesh. But that is the will of God. Amen? Amen. For the wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God. Wherefore, notice with me the next verse here, verse 21. Wherefore, lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness. Now, this word superfluity, I, I, I have never in my life that I can remember heard somebody who was speaking to me use the word superfluity in a sentence. Have you? Um, but this word superfluity means to have an abundance of. It, has, it means to have an abundance of. And so, wherefore, lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness. So, it's telling us to lay, away, uh, lay aside all of our filthiness and all of the abundance of our naughtiness. And receive with meekness and, and so with mild disposition, without confrontation, without resistance of a, of a spirit of humility. Receive with meekness the engrafted word which is able to save your souls. And so this word of God, it is able to save, it saved me. If you're born again today, then it's what brought salvation to you. But this word of God that saves is also able to, to change our lives. And so, for by grace are you saved through faith. And that not of yourselves, it's the gift of God. Not of works, lest any man should boast. But verse 10 of Ephesians chapter 2 said, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. That word workmanship in the Greek means poem. God wants to write a poem, a story, a song, a testimony with our lives. And the testimony that he writes with your life is going to be different than the testimony that he writes with my life. From how you got saved to how you glorified him through your life until the day that you met him. But it's all for one purpose, to bring him glory. And so that's why the Bible starts by telling us, be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath, because why? Because the wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God. I, you, we need to lay aside our filthiness and all superfluity of naughtiness. And, and in an instant, we need to be of the spirit to receive with meekness the engrafted word of God. Amen? And so that's what James is writing to us here. But verse number 22, but be ye doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. 
Isn't it so easy to come to church and dress up like we're spiritual and to sit there and call everybody brother and sing, oh, how I love Jesus and walk out the door and all week long live contrary to what's written in the word of God. To be honest, if I do that, if you do that, you know what the Bible calls us? A hypocrite. And the Bible tells us not to be that way. The Bible tells us here, but be ye doers of the word and not hearers only. But notice these words, deceiving your own selves. It's easy for me to deceive myself. And it's easy for you to deceive yourself because Jeremiah chapter 17 verse 9 said, The heart is deceitful above all things and what? Desperately wicked. Who can know it? Well, the next verse he said, I, the Lord, try the heart. He's the one who knows it. And that's why we shouldn't follow our heart. We should follow the conviction and the leading of the Holy Spirit in the word of God. And just as we looked in 1 John on, on Wednesday night, the Bible said, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits. When something is, is pressing on you and making you feel a certain way, or making you think a certain way, or making us do that, or feel or think a certain way, then we should take it to the word of God. Does this agree with the word of God? For example, in Korea and China, a brother Robbie knows this is true. Here in America, if you talk about a woman preacher, uh, there's still a people who know enough about God to know that there is no woman preacher in the Bible. It's not even something that should be discussed. But you go to China, you go to Korea, and to be honest with you, my friend, women preachers are, are, are the, are, are the um, majority. They're the majority. And when you start preaching against women preachers and women deacons, you know what starts happening? Church splits. People start getting mad at the preacher for preaching the word of God. Or, or they start saying, oh, you're just preaching what they do in America. No, my friend. First John told us, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits. And how do we do that? By the word of God. You see, if the Holy Ghost leads you to do something, if the Holy Ghost leads me to do something, he's the author of the Bible. And so whatever the Holy Spirit says to you in your heart, however he leads you in your action in the day, it will agree with what he put into the word of God. There will be no opposition. There will be no contradiction. There will be, there will, it, will, it will be harmony. Because the Bible said there are three that bear record in heaven. The Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost. And so here in the Word of God, it says to us, but be ye doers of the Word. And so the things that are written in the Word of God, those are to be what we do. And I'm sure that we all fall short. And that's why he tells us, but be ye doers of the Word, and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. May I encourage you. And myself. Let's not lie to ourselves. The word of God says what it means. And it means what it says. God did not mince words. And he is not the author of confusion. Satan is. When we read the word of God. We should have the same spirit that is mentioned right here. In verse number 21. Receive with meekness. We should not be using the word of God to try to promote um, what, what we think or feel or, or some agenda. But we should, we should have the word of God to speak to us exactly what it says and means. And we should conform. I understand that that is not popular in this day. And the word of God tells us that. 
That in the last days, men shall be lovers of what? Themselves. And so they'll create their own Jesus. And you know what that own Jesus does? He, he, he never goes against what they want. He never goes against what they like. He never goes against how they feel. They, they created a, a, a new Jesus. We're not supposed to do that. We're supposed to receive with meekness what God said. And so he says here, but be ye doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. But notice verse number 23, for if any, so this any, you know, I'm thankful today that we're not Catholics, amen? You know, Catholics, the doctrine of the Nicolaitans, they believe in the separation of the clergy and the laity. They believe that, that preachers or, 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 or priests or whatever are of a higher realm than, than the laity of the church. But Jesus said he hates that doctrine. Preachers aren't above anybody. Neither are deacons, neither are any, we, we are all equal. It's, as they say, the ground is level at the foot of the cross. And so he says here, for if any be a hearer of the word, any, this refers to all of us, if any be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like unto a man beholding his natural face in a glass, for he beholdeth himself and goeth his way and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he was. And so it tells us very clearly, this person who's not a doer, this person who does not live according to the word of God. This person who does not practice what Jesus says. They go to church. They sing, oh, how I love Jesus. They, 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 they go through the rituals. And, 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 but, but their life does not have these things in it. And, and James says they're like a person who went and looked in the mirror. And they saw what was wrong with them. And they walked away and forgot about it. God forbid. My friend, my desire, and I'm sure yours is too, is that the mirror of the word of God will show me what I need to change or show you what you need to change that we might bring glory to God, amen? But notice, notice this wording. Last Sunday I preached on, I preached to the men and I preached on that phrase from 1 Thessalonians 1, 5. 1 Thessalonians 1, 5 is, you know what manner of men we were among you. Well, that same phrase what manner of men is found right here. Verse 22 and 23, but be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. For if any be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like unto a man beholding his natural face in a glass, for he beholdeth himself and goeth his way and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he was. The word of God shows us two things, what manner of man we are, and what manner of man God wants us to be. It's so important that we look into the word of God to see where I'm wrong, where you're wrong, so that we can change it, so that we can correct it, so that we can go forward in God's way. Notice with me the next verse here in verse number 25. But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty, the perfect law of liberty, you know, there's, there's those who think that, well, you get saved and it's a list of rules. No. The Bible said, if the Son therefore shall make you free, you shall be free indeed. And there's liberty and freedom in Jesus Christ. I, 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 I've been very open that I was a criminal before Jesus saved me. And I'll tell you, my friend, one of the worst lives in the world to live is constantly looking over your shoulders like this. Constantly wondering if the cop that is driving behind you is following you. 
constantly wondering if the people walking into the building behind you are the police. But here it said, the perfect law of liberty. There is liberty in Jesus Christ. Getting saved and following God is not a list of rules. It's liberty. It's liberating. It's freedom. Being set free from sin and from wickedness. These things that God tells us to be, these are not rules to make you miserable or to make me miserable. These are God's precepts whereby we can have, as Jesus said, the thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and destroy. He said, but I am come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. You read through the book of Proverbs, we'll see that all these things that God says, this is wisdom. The Bible said, There is no wisdom, nor counsel, nor understanding against the Lord. Although the world thinks there is. Although people think there are. And they think that there are methodologies that are better than what God said. They're not. And so these things are designed, these precepts are designed to liberate us and give us freedom in Jesus. But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty and continueth therein. I asked Brother Terry Norris to preach our Bible conference this year. Uh, Mary and I met Brother Norris on deputation. And Brother Norris, I, I love going to his church. I, I, it's, just, it's, just, it's just powerful. It's just powerful. And, and, and I love him because I love his spirit. And I love where he stands. And, and all the time when I talk to him, he'll say this. He said, Josh, he said, our church practices godliness. Our church practices holiness. We practice the word of God. Well, that's exactly what the word of God is telling us to do right here. To practice it. To put it into action. But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty and continueth therein. So God doesn't want us to just know what he said. God doesn't just want us to hear what he said. God doesn't just want us to come to church and and to have religion. And and to go through a ritual and to then walk away and then these things not be in our life. He wants this to be how we live. He wants this to be who we are. Amen? That's why, for example, Daniel. You know, a lot of folks, they think, well, I'm young, so I'm not going to live according to the word of God. When I get older, I'll do it. Well, the prophet Daniel was young. Timothy was young. Brother James Jones taught us before I ever came to Tabernacle that Timothy and Titus were likely teenagers. And they were sent by the Apostle Paul to carry out a mission for God. But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty and continueth therein. He being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deed. My friend, do we want God's blessing on our life, on our home, our family, our marriage, our ministry, our church, our everything in our life? Well, there it is. This man, this man. Notice what it said, shall be blessed in his deed. If any man, if any man among you seem to be religious and bridleth not his tongue. That word brighter there, it means to guide. It means to hold in check. It means to restrain. If any man among you seem to be religious. Now, here in this context of scripture, the usage of the word religion is not, a, is not a negative thing. In the old time, they used to say, he got religion, that's what they meant, say he got saved. 
You know, today we have the sayings, well, I don't got religion, I got a relationship. Well, the context here is, is a relationship with God. And so that person who seems to be spiritual, they seem to be godly, they seem to walk with God, they seem to, but they bridle not their tongue. Notice what it said here, but deceiveth his own heart. So, 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 so many times I have family members. I have an uncle who believes that he has a deal worked out with God. No, we don't. God is no respecter of persons. What God wrote in his word, he wrote for you. He wrote for me. He wrote for the people driving by the church right now, for the church up the street. It's for everyone. If any man among you seem to be religious and bridleth not his tongue, but deceiveth his own heart. There is a deception trying to creep into independent Baptist churches. And the deception is that we can live contrary to the word of God and say God's okay with it. No, we can't. If any man among you seem to be religious and bridleth not his tongue, but deceiveth his own heart, this man's religion is vain. I mean, that just says what it means and means what it says. That word vanity means empty, meaningless. Pure religion and undefiled before God and the Father is this. Pure religion. This word pure means the absence of contamination. And undefiled means that defilement has not been touched. Pure religion and undefiled before God and the Father is this, to visit the fatherless and widows in their affliction. We have a children's home. And the Bible identifies that ministry as pure religion and undefiled. But notice what else it says. It doesn't just say one thing. And to keep himself unspotted from the world. Look with me in 2 Corinthians chapter 6. Very, very popular portion of scripture. Sadly, it's often mocked by those who reject the doctrine of separation. But verse number 14, be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness? They don't fellowship together. They don't go together. And what communion hath light with darkness? If you walk into this auditorium at 3 o'clock in the morning, it will be dark. But if you turn on the light, the dark will immediately separate from the light. They have no fellowship with each other. And what concord hath Christ with Belial? You know who Belial is? He's a devil. Does Jesus have fellowship with the devil? No. Or what part hath he that believeth with an infidel? You that are saved, do you run around with people that deny that Jesus is God? I don't see how we could. The Lord that bled and died on a cross for you, would you let somebody mock him? And what agreement hath the temple of God with idols? The temple is supposed to be something that's holy. But an idol is something that is put above God. For ye are the temple of the living God. 
as God has said, I will dwell in them and walk in them and will be their God and they shall be my people. Wherefore, come out from among them and be ye separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing and I will receive you. But you know, my friend, just speaking honestly, the day we live in, people go to church and hear this preach and they leave the church and go participate in things that the God just told them not to. And touch not the unclean thing and I will receive you and will be a father unto you and ye shall be my sons and daughters, saith the Lord Almighty. In closing, we're told to be swift to hear. Slow to speak, slow to wrath. We're told to be sweet-spirited. If you'll look with me in Ephesians chapter 4. I love this passage of scripture. I learned it when I, right after I got saved. And I, I heard people singing a song about it. Ephesians chapter number 4. Verse 29 through 32. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth. But that which is... Good to the use of edifying that it may minister grace unto the hearers. Whatever I say is supposed to administer grace to you. It's supposed to strengthen you. It's supposed to help you for the glory of God. And vice versa. And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God whereby you're sealed under the day of redemption. Everywhere we go, if we're saved, we're carrying God there with us. That means everything we do, everything we say, Everything we partake in, we're making God involved in it. And God gets grieved when we do wrong. The Bible said, grieve not the Holy Spirit of God. Whereby you're sealed on the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. But notice verse number 32. And be kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. We're to be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. But we're to be sweet in spirit. He said, for the wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God. We're to set aside the superfluity of naughtiness. We're to be submissive to the scriptures. As the mother of the Son of God said, whatsoever he saith unto you, do it. The word of God will show us our spiritual condition. What manner of man I am. What manner of man you are. And God would encourage us to evaluate ourselves. Psalm 139, he said, search me, O God, and know my heart. As we, as we, as we evaluate ourselves, we're not supposed to sit there in our own mind and judge our own thoughts, intentions, and actions. We're supposed to take ourselves before the Lord. God, use your word and search me. God, let the Holy Spirit reveal to me. The Bible spoke about those that are seemingly religious. They have an unsurrendered tongue. It means their religion is vain. My friend, we'll get to this in the later chapters, but I'm already preparing the next messages. The Bible said that the tongue is set on fire of hell. God is not okay with gossip or strife or backbiting or evil speaking. It's evil. It's wicked. He hates the sowing of discord. 
the tongue can't be tamed by me or you, but it can be tamed by God. Seemingly religious, my friend. I'm sure we've all failed with our tongue. God help us to lay our tongue on the altar, amen? Serious Christianity. Serious. Are you serious about Jesus? Am I serious about Jesus? Pure religion and undefiled before God and the Father is this. That's how God wants us to be. Pure religion doesn't just focus on one thing. Some people, they'll focus on just one spiritual thing. And everything else they ignore. God would have us to focus on all of it. Separation from the world. My friend, James chapter 4 tells us that the friend of the world is the enemy of God. God help all of us. Amen. Let's stand together. Lord Jesus, I pray you'd search our hearts this morning. I love you so much and I love everybody in this place. I pray, dear God, that you would search our hearts. If there's anybody here that's not saved, I pray you'd bring them under conviction that they'd come to this altar this morning and believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. I pray, dear Lord Jesus, for those who are born again, that perhaps they have some need that was exposed to them in the preaching. May you meet the need of their heart. 